Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hardman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, with you as always for another episode of the Steelers Preview. There's no three amigos tonight. It's just two. The dynamic duo. Brian Anthony Davis, I don't know if he's out slaying dragons or wrestling bears in the woods. Lord knows what he's up to, but he's not here. But Dave Schofield's here. Dave, how's it going? It is going well. It is, Jeff, what I'm in shocked with, what I can't believe, is that not only is there this fantastic game coming up Sunday night where we get to watch the first team play, but one week from now, we'll be watching the final preseason game. Yeah. Which means we're 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 at the end, which means we're right there to start it. We'll get the cut downs and be ready to go with real football that counts towards the record. Is it just me? Maybe anyone in the live chat. This would be a good opening question for the live chat to get everything rolling. And I'll ask you this, Dave. You think the Steelers are ready? I mean, let's honestly, like when you watch them, and that's tough to gauge because they haven't played them. Like, do you think the Steelers are ready for the Patriots in Foxborough in week one on primetime? Like, do you think they're ready? Is anybody ever really ready? Because <laughs> think about it. The Patriots don't start the best either. Um, no. the, Chiefs were ready. the Chiefs were ready a few years oh, ago. Oh, yeah. The Chiefs were ready. I I'll be honest with you. Mike Tomlin is is kind of – he's right with what he says. He's like, everyone's improving at this stage. The, the key is you got to win along the way as you're getting better. That's true. And when we get to Stat Geek, we'll get a little bit more into this to see if they're doing the right thing with – how much they play their starters and everything. But right now, I don't think they're ready. But let's get week three under our belts first, and then we'll see. I like to always think, and everyone says that, you know, uh, week three is the quote-unquote final dress rehearsal for the starters. And that's because it's the last time you're going to see players like Ben Roethlisberger. I've always felt like that week three, not only is it one gigantic tease, because you get this one quarter where your complete team is on the field, and then they're gone for two weeks. But not only that, I kind of feel like it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't scenario. So if you go out there in week three, and we saw this, if you think back, I'm trying to remember who they played. I think it was Jacksonville, maybe? Where in Martavis Bryant hit like a, like like a 96-yard touchdown on the first play on the week three. They just lit up the scoreboard. They did it in New Orleans a couple years ago, too, in the preseason. And everything on offense was just like, click, 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 click. You're not damned in that scenario, but when you get to week one, if it doesn't move that same way, people are thinking, oh my gosh, what the heck? Then again, if you go out there and you stumble and you don't look good and you kind of meander your way around and you don't look cohesive and you look like you're very, really rusty, people are going to be up in arms that you should have played more, things of that nature. And so for me, I look at it and say, you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. I'm, I I guess we'll just get this out of the way now. No, we're going to hold it. We're going to hold on to the week. <laughs> no, I changed my mind. We're going to hold off to the week three talk. We'll get to that after stat keep. But let's get to some news first. Um, before that, um, Vodka Drinker did put $8.88 into the uh, tip chart. We appreciate that. He said, if anyone thinks Vince Williams isn't needed on this team, have you seen that Ravens team? We need Vince to bust that run game up. Vince Williams has missed the entire preseason due to a hamstring injury. He's missed almost all of training camp. People need to remember that there will be a spot for him on this team, period. And while Felicia says the Ravens are up 26 nothing at the Eagles at halftime, I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. Okay, so <laughs> um, 
let's get started. Uh, the news this week, uh, I want to start off with Daryl Drake. Obviously, passing was tra traumatic. It was tragic. And the Steelers said, Mike Tomlin said in particular, that there is a plan in place. We're just not ready to release that plan yet. Today, Thursday, when this is being recorded, they finally made it official that Ray Sherman is going to step in as the wide receivers coach. Dave, when you saw this, your reaction was what? It's about time they announced it because we all knew what it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean... It, it seemed like it was news when they said, oh, Ray Sherman's now working with the receivers. And then we're like, wait a second. He's been there the whole camp. They just kind of shifted him over into that group because he was there working with the, the offense anyway. There was a, a, a need there. It made sense. I think they're good. I think that for me, it's important. And I made sure I wrote this in the article today when I published uh, about the news that he was now the interim wide receiver coach for 2019 is that he wasn't brought in off the street. Uh, there's for some reason, there was a lot of people thinking, Oh my gosh, why would they bring him back? They didn't bring him back for this job. Like you said, he was with the team, the entire camp, the entire month leading up to that point. And then they just said, look, can you come in, coach these receivers for a year? And then maybe they bring him back next year. If he does a good job, maybe they look elsewhere. That's to be determined. But right now, Ray Sherman is the wide receivers coach. And you hear players like Juju Smith-Schuster talking. He has a lot of respect for Sherman. He's comfortable with Sherman because he had been there since the start of this 2019 camp. So we'll see where things go. On top of that news was the news that Lavon Hooks tore his Achilles. Mark Cavalli of the Athletics said it was his left Achilles. Doesn't matter which Achilles tendon. He first one of those things your season's done. He was released, waived, injured today. Dave? Does this impact the 53-man roster? Slightly. Um, I had him as one of those guys when we did our seven sleepers going um, into training camp. He was one of them. He actually finished third in the voting. Um, and then it's actually who I voted for, believe it or not. Because uh, I thought that he had a chance to come in and play well. And between LT Walton not coming back this year, so there was one spot available. And everyone's never quite sure what they're going to do with Dan McCullers because he's that one-trick pony that can only play nose tackle and can only just stand up and push the guys back and not even see where the running back is. Uh, that maybe they could they, that both Bugs and Hooks could, could look to replace McCullers and Walton. But the problem is we did not get that from from hooks of this offseason it um he had one tackle so far in the two games so uh he had a much stronger preseason last year and the year before he had really he was it was two years where he wasn't on a team at all until he landed on the Steelers practice squad so I was really hoping he could he could maybe make that push but I guess uh I, I doubt anyone claims him off of waivers and for this thing that he'll end up um having the injury settlement, which means he would go on IR with the Steelers, which mean they could still hold his rights depending on how that settlement all, all uh, comes out. So that's what that is. I think it affected it a little bit. I think someone like a McCullers could maybe breathe a little bit easier. Um, there is that one other guy that I can't say his last name. I need Brian here to do it. Um, Mondo, 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 Mon I don't know. I don't know. It ends with an X. <laughs> someone throw the money in now because I screwed <laughs> that name up big time, but he was a guy that played for Oregon. Um, oh, yeah. 
Tyler, and, right? Tyler Mondo, I think. Some, yeah, Mondo. Is it Mondo? Mondo? I, I believe you, it is. You say it. He's done pretty well. He actually, I think, had the advantage over over Hooks just based on their play this year. But you never want to see that from a player. You don't want to. You don't want to hear guys no. going out for for the season in the in the preseason. Whether you're whether you're fighting for the fifty three or a guy that's just getting your shot to try to get on a practice squad, you don't want to see it. Absolutely not. And it reminded me last year in the offseason, actually it was mini camp, I believe, or it may have been OTAs when Gerald Hawkins, oh, it's Henry Mondo. Thank you, Reed, for chiming in there. I'll put that up on the screen for everyone. Henry Mondo. He's actually a type 1 diabetic, just so you know, in case you didn't know that. Um, hmm. My son's a type 1 diabetic, and so that's what kind of caught my attention when I saw an article about it. Um, very difficult to be a professional athlete and deal with that disease. Nonetheless, um, I will say that when I heard the news of um, him tearing his Achilles, of course, you're like, ah, oh, that's just so crappy. But at the same time, you know, it's it's better that it's him than, say, Cam Hayward. I, you know what I mean? So it's horrible. Yeah. It's horrible to think that way, and I don't like to think that way, but at the same time, I'm thinking that way. And a lot of people in the live chat right now are talking about the player they added to the 91-man offseason or preseason roster. Look. The people that they add now, if they're adding anyone, is likely because after week three, they have to field a team to play in week four that's not going to include their starters. And so sometimes they have to add at a position like linebacker. I am not expecting this guy. I don't even know his name. To Do you know his name? Um, yeah. He um, did the article. That's why. <laughs> it's, the last name's Elliot. Is it? Is it? Is it? Is it Jay Roan? Is that how you say it? I don't know. Um, it's J A Y R O N E. Elliot is his last name. He actually, and I did not realize this until after I put the article out much later. I did not realize he was in the AAF last year. He, um, or whenever it was, they were half half of a season. But he was actually tied for the league in, lead in sacks for the league, and yet wasn't in an NFL camp. Um, he played three years for the Packers, so he's not even practice squad eligible. He, but he's a guy that has some pedigree that you know could probably pick up on stuff, and he, they can. He's much easier to throw in, you know, in into a game here in week three and week four than somebody who was, you know, just an undrafted rookie free agent this past year that might have already been cut from another team. So he's gonna he's gonna fill that that void, but. To really think that he has a shot to make the team, it's a really, really, really long shot. Yeah. He would need a couple of Achilles to pop on the roster to turn ahead of him for that to happen. But I'm not hoping that happens at all. Trust me. So that was some news, unfortunate news for Levon Hooks. Uh, now, the only other news really coming out of the Pittsburgh Steelers camp, which was what drove my um, Steelers burning question last night, Wednesday night. If you haven't checked that out, go watch us on, check it out on YouTube. Just search BTSE Steelers Radio or anywhere where you download your podcast. You can check that out. And it is about Joe Hayden. Earlier this week, Ed Bouchette, now of The Athletic, formerly of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, reported that Joe Hayden is the only player that the Steelers are going to try to get a new deal done before the regular season. That's not Sean Davis. Obviously, it's not Artie Burns. It's not Bud Dupree, who's on his fifth-year option. And it's certainly not Javon Hargrave. Now, Dave, when you I, I, you listened to my show, correct? Yes, I did. Okay, I thought I saw you in the live chat. When you think about this, and let's assume that we are going to, the Steelers are going to extend or get Joe Hayden a new deal, what would be the ideal situation for that to take place? Meaning, what would that deal look like, in your opinion? You outlined it perfectly. Um, 
that you would like to see the new deal and not an extension um, because, I mean, technically you could say it's an extension and take his current salary this year and turn it all into signing bonus. You basically want to take the the 10 million, like he's 11 some million cap hit this year, but it's he's yeah. actually being paid $10 million this year because it'll put him over the 100 million mark. You want to convert that all to signing bonus for the most part. And then whatever else you would give him on top of that for signing the longer deal would be his base salary for this year. So obviously you don't want to just sit back and pay him $10 million. Um, you, you might have to throw him a little bit more, but you're going to get him then lower for, for a lower amount for the additional years. And you can spread it out over those years is the best way to do it. So you outlined it pretty much the way I would have outlined it. Okay. That uh, that's that's the way to do it. I wouldn't give him more than 3 with his age and that's that's the way to do it. Okay, so here's the next question. Assuming we both agree that Hayden will get a new deal before the uh regular season starts. If you were to hand pick someone that's slated to be an unrestricted free agent that you were going to target prior to the new league year starting in March of 2020, so someone that you're like we are not letting this guy touch free agency. Out of some of those players that I named, who is that player? Hmm. I really don't want to lose Gravedigger. I don't okay. want to lose Javon Hargrave, but he doesn't, he hasn't played enough because yeah. of he honestly, I hate to say this, he'd be much better off in a 4 3 defense where he could play defensive tackle, not because he's not a nose, but just because he could stay on the field more. Because even the three, four defenses, what happens as soon as you're in nickel or dime or dollar or whatever other defense you're going to do, that first person off the field every time is your nose tackle. Every time. I don't, I've, that, that's what they do. So he's not going to be on the field. Then he's part of the backup rotation at defensive tackle, which they did a much better job of doing that last year than they did the year before of actually, actually having him play defensive tackle. Um, in sub packages, but he's still behind to it, to it and Hayward. And I don't know that they can pay that much money of what he might, what he'll probably get on the open market for a guy that's basically a, a nose tackle for 30% of our offense and then the backup defensive tackle. So I would like to see him stay. I just don't know that it works at that position. Yeah, I mean he's a part-time player. Let's call a spade a spade. I mean, he right now he's a part-time player, and unless a team is willing to really un unload the checkbook or open up the checkbook for a part-time player, um, the Steelers might try to keep him and lock him up and give him a decent deal. I am really, really I agree with you. By the way, I would, Hargrave would be who I would target first. I've always felt that the front seven is super important on the defense, but I would always, I always obviously want to see if I'm the owner of the Steelers. I'm sitting down with Mike Tomlin. I'm sitting down with Keith Butler and saying, here's a guy that I, I like. I think they like Hargrave a lot. And I, but what what are we doing with him this year? Like, you know, I mean, is this guy just going to be thrown yeah. out there every now and then? Because he shouldn't be. He's productive. Six and a half sacks for a part-time player. That's the same, if not better, I believe, than Bud Dupree, who played a lot more snaps than Javon Hargrave did last season. So I think that he needs to get more snaps this year. How they do that? That's above my pay grade, man. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I wouldn't be upset if he cut into some of Stefan Tuitt's snaps. I really wouldn't because I think he outplayed him last year. Well, two of us hurt. He had that elbow yeah. injury, and that's tough. Mm -hmm. But he's also been hurt the last few years. So, so, so 
let's say either Tewitt or Hayward goes down. I'm not super concerned about the defensive line because the way I would see it would be Tewitt or Hayward as, as a defensive tackle. Hargrave is the nose. Alu-Alu as the other defensive tackle. And when they go into sub-package, it's not Hargrave running off the field. It's Alu-Alu. Yeah. And you keep Hargrave out there at that other defensive tackle. I would really like to see that more. But I'll be honest with you, with the whole thing with the Ed Bouchette report, he reported what they said. I just don't believe them. And the reason I don't believe them is this. They say the only person that's going to get signed is going to be Joe Hayden. And that is because nothing else happens without Joe Hayden. That's the main one. And if that takes them up to the Troy Palomalu moment, where, what was he, signed a contract as they were getting on the plane? Right before, um, they, they, before they boarded the plane, he signed yeah. him on, the, on the dotted line, yeah. If they do that with Hayden, then they do that with Hayden. If something happens where they work it out tomorrow, then go to the next guy. I guess what the, the way I read that report is they're saying what they need to say, but what it really means is Hayden's the only one who's going to get a contract. But if Hayden does get that contract sooner, then you can say, hmm, do we have the money to see if we can extend one of these guys? But that's not the priority to get there. The first priority is to just get Hayden done at all. Well, and if they get Hayden done and free up so cap space, like I outlined yesterday on my show, if they can get to about that $10 million mark of, of cap space after they redid Stefan Tuas deal earlier this offseason, they have to go out and get a tight end. I, I just feel yeah. it's a necessity. And yeah. you mentioned as well that the punter might not be on the team, and that's going to cost them yeah. a couple million. So, mm, yeah, maybe. maybe it depends. But it depends. I just think that they need to have that space. And so, like I said last night, if Javon Hargraves, I love him, I want to keep him on the team. But at the same time, if he is a part time player and I have him on his rookie contract, why would I fork out any money unless it's a super team friendly deal? I mean that he's going to be an extension, so he's going to play this year super cheap, and then we're going to give him a two- or three-year extension on top of that that's going to be a very cap-friendly, backloaded contract. That's the only way I'm making a deal with someone like Hargrave before the league year ends. Yeah. That's just me. you got to think of it like an owner or a general manager. You yeah. can't. Fans always want to keep everyone unless their name is like Bud Dupree or someone like Mike Mitchell. They want him gone. They want him out of here as fast yeah. as they can. But for most players, you got to understand as a manager, as a general manager, or as an owner, it's it's not as simple as you think. Yeah. Well, and I want to you you laid this out so well, and Lance Williams kept throwing it in the live chat, and you oh, kept my trying to remind Lance. <laughs> from the time the season gets over until the new league year starts, what is it? Sometime in March. It's usually the. It's like the. It was, I think this past year is like March fourth or March sixth, yes, something early crazy. March. But the season yes. ends in fe early February. You have like a whole month. Yeah, you have time to where you're the only one that can sign these players. Right. Now, now a lot of them might say, "Why would I sign this when I could test the market?" But we've seen that. That's what happened with, um, um, I don't think it was this time, but before with Ramon Foster. Didn't yeah. that happen where they say, here's the deal. If you want to test the market, that's fine. But here's the deal. You know it now. If you want to wait till then and then come back and say, I want it, hopefully it's still there unless we do something else because there's going to be others. We can't, we can't wait on you. But as long as we haven't done anything else and you can come back and get it, it it'll be on the table if you really want to test it. I don't see them doing that with someone coming off the rookie deal. That was with Foster because he was a little bit more, you know, he was already a veteran by then. So 
but that's something that, that that could happen that they could say here's your deal and now if uh, we, if you want to hit the open market that's fine but that deal might not be here later if there were two players in that group that I would say, actually, I could see three players out of those four that I mentioned, and that is Hargrave, Burns, Davis, and Dupree. I could see three of those four playing for another team next season. I could see Dupree, Burns, and Davis all playing for another team next year in the Steelers looking looking for replacements. I think they like Ola Denye at outside linebacker if he can continue to prove himself. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'll be, you know they're going to draft an outside linebacker in the first round every three years at least. They, because that, that's such a high-priced position, the Steelers feel that they can draft guys that they know can play there, that they would much rather just continually bring them in in the draft and keep them on the cheap and spend their money other places. Um, I don't know if they do it on purpose, but that's kind of what they do. Yeah. I mean, look, they didn't stick around with um, with all, oh, who was the guy that just retired instead of moving on. Um, he was a Jehovah's Witness. I remember that. Um, Worlds. Uh, Jason Worlds. Worlds, yes, where he just decided because he's like, for religious reasons, I don't want to play anymore. So um, that's the only reason I mentioned that because I remember <laughs> that's why he said he stopped. So that was, that was weird until I figured out who he was. You're like, why is he mentioned he's a Jehovah's Witness? That was why he was saying for, for, for that. So, um, but that, that that they've done that, where they've let the you know they didn't they didn't offer the um the the fifth year to Jarvis Jones. Now a lot of this is because these guys weren't really good enough. But I tell you what, for what they paid for them on the rookie deals, they were, you know, getting them on on that cheap. Yeah. So I think that if you look at if I were to say if there's two, I think they keep Hargrave, and I think they try to get Davis back, especially if Davis has a good year. Yeah. Because if you keep Davis and you have Edmonds still there. You have Edmonds as a first round pick. You'll have that, um, you know, if you have that fifth year option for him, you can keep your safety tandem together. That would be a good thing. So if I'm going to add one more, but I think Dupree, unless he completely balls out, and if he does ball out, he might have priced himself out of Pittsburgh, in which case it happens. That happens. So it's it's that Venn diagram where it's that little wedge in the middle. He's either going to not play well enough that the Steelers aren't going to want him back, or he's going to play so well that they're not going to want to pay him. There's a very small area in between. Exactly. So Leo puts $5 in the live chat and just wants to say, stop calling him Mr. Third and fifth. It's Antonio clown. Uh, we try not to talk about Antonio clown or Mr. Third and fifth much on this show anymore. He says, love the show. Thanks for flooding with this. Flooding us with Steeler news, never miss a show. Um, awesome. Thank you very much for the $5. We appreciate that. I'll take the time now to say, if you see a $5 donation, or if you hear me talk about a $5 donation or in the tip jar, and it's a super chat feature or live on YouTube, or wherever you're chatting, how where the text box to the right is a little dollar sign, you could donate any amount of money. It goes straight to the show, and it's a place where we can take that money and we can put it back into the show in some way, shape, or form. No, I'm not going to buy Brian Anthony Davis' new internet, but what I can do is get a... David DeCastro autograph football and give it to a fan for winning a survivor pool, <laughs> you know, yeah. which by the way is still going on earlier in the show. We had someone ask about the live chat and said, Hey, is that still going on? It is. Uh, the article was republished. I think yesterday, right, Dave, didn't you bump it up? Yeah. Bumped it up 
yesterday evening. So maybe, I, maybe, I try to do it. Maybe when we'll it's... bump it up after this show's over. Yeah. So that way it'll be in the top 10 every day, which helps because if we even bump it up at, you know, 11 o'clock at night, that means it's going to be one of your, your top five stories or first thing in the morning. Um, and it'll be in the the top 10 of everything all day. Um, I will tell you, I just brought it up right here to see in our third pool, we have 63 entries, um, out of, out of the hundred. So that means a total of 263 entries, but I have to say technically it's 261 because I have to be in all of them. Um, but I'm disclaimer, I'm making the same pick in all of them. I'm not using, I'm not using the, um, you know, to, to, to try to get around because honestly, I'm not going to win. And even if I do win, I won't give it to the next person because come on, I'm the one who got the football to, to give away. I'm the one who, uh, this was my brainchild that I wanted to do this. I thought it would be a lot of fun and you could get, because the thing is we're, we've got so many people. I'm disappointed that we couldn't put all 200 and some people in the same pool. That would didn't, have been cool. We didn't know that when we set it up. We didn't know that the cap was at 100 because it doesn't tell you that until we hit it and we found out. And it took a lot of digging to find that out, that that's what it was. So uh, we're, I'm going to I'll just have to update everything with an article every week and let people mm-hmm. know how many people got knocked out of each one, how many people are left. And uh, and we can go from there. And we'll it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. It is going to be fun. I want to close this thing off once a week. The, the day after the fourth preseason game, we're cutting it off. That's we'll up to you. Cut it off. Let's, we'll cut it off then. Give you the preseason. We're going to keep pumping. No. Let's do it at 4 o'clock on the Saturday after the, the last preseason game. We, okay. will cut off, we will cut off the survivor pool at the same time that the Steelers have to make their final roster cuts. There you go. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. I like that. I like that a lot. So, okay, so if you haven't done that, check it out. He'll bump it up tonight after the show's over. We'll put that right on the main page. So go to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. You'll get all the details. And when that pool... We're at Tuesday. We're at 64 in the third league. When that one fills up, we'll start another one. Let's try to get 500 people. That's pretty cool. We get 500 fans vying for one autograph football of all pro guard David DeCastro. So Snowman puts $5 in said tip jar. He says, hey, Dave, what's the Steelers salary cap situation? Oh, I should have. Because I I did the article on on the salary cap whenever they restructured to it. But now I'm trying to remember what it was. They were just over a million before that, and they saved three point. I think they're right at five, but you yeah. got to remember that that's only the 51 rule right now. So right. that's all that counts towards the cap. So once they make roster cuts, it's all 53 players and practice squad players that then counts towards it. But if you're cutting one of those guys that was in the top 51, then that that they just keep that rule because you never know who's going to be on the team. So it, it makes sense. So they're right now, they, they, they're 5 million under, but those things still have to happen. So it really would depend on any kind of cuts. And I don't really see anybody getting cut. That's going to save them any kind of space. No, I mean, people brought up last night in my show, Anthony Ciccolo. He'd only save you like $2 million. Or they just like signed him in the off season. Well, they did that with Jordan Berry, too, and you predicting Jordan Berry not to make the But team. look at what they signed Chicolo for versus Jordan Berry. It was a big it's, difference. Chicolo is there? Eight million for two years? Did he get eight million? I thought it was like six. Well, no, I thought it was four million a year. No, I thought it was six total, like three of a year. 
Well, you might be right, but I'm just trying to remember what, what those numbers are. Because I remember that they could have kept LJ Fort for such a cheaper price. And I'm like, if it's really a special teams guy, I think Fort could have done it. But they had their eyes on Devin Bush. They knew what they were doing there. Absolutely. So so I, I can I really understand that. And Matt Thomas said it was eight. So I and I could be Bo right. said it was eight. I so read I read that's a lot just of what, I'm just going from memory, so I really don't know. What so the hell that's just no, no, anyways. <laughs> Bo doesn't know diddly. Bo <laughs> yeah, knows sports. Four okay, years. Uh... That's what I thought. See, you know what? I, how much you want to bet these guys didn't look it up or don't really know? They just assume that I'm going to be right because it's a number. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, let's get into our stat geek segment yeah. while we're so, on yeah, the roll. Good segue into stat geek. Mm-hmm. This is so this is a quick question for you, Jeff. So. Uh it's because this week, man, I wish Brian was here to 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 help with this, but it's all right. We're getting we're getting Ben Roethlisberger starting the game. Mm-hmm. It's unofficially official that he is starting the game. You know, he said it today in his interview. Um, we still have the press conference tomorrow from coach Tomlin that will officially make it official, but, but, but that's, what's going on there. He's only played, he's only playing one, one game, which is, which is the way it's been. So when is the last time Ben Roethlisberger threw a preseason interception? Um, can I guess the opponent? Yes. Was it Philadelphia? Yes. Okay. And I'm trying to think. They did, was it last season? No. Okay. Because last season he played in week three, which was against, once again, the Titans. Oh, so it was the year before that. No, it's actually further back. Really? Go. What What year was it? Well, see, I thought maybe you cheated because I did tweet this out last night, but of course you don't pay attention to my Twitter no, stuff. No, I don't. Um, that, <laughs> no one does. No one pays attention to my Twitter stuff. Um, it was actually, yesterday was the five-year anniversary of the last time Ben Roethlisberger threw a preseason interception, that it was August 21st, 2014, in week three against the Eagles. So what is interesting about that? So so this has been good that Ben hasn't been throwing throwing interceptions the preseason. But the one follow up question, and I think this is this is pretty easy as well. Um, how many years in a row now has it made it that Ben's only played in one game? Not counting this year, you have to count. You know, gosh, I'm trying to think because <clears throat> this hasn't to... always been the case. No, 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 I know, I know. Um... I'm going to go back to that same year in 2014 and say that that was the last time he played in more than one game. You are very close. Ah. There's Brian that says he's listening. You probably would have done that. (laughs) You're very close. You are correct that he did play in three preseason games in 2014, but he also played in three preseason games in 2015. Oh, damn. And that was three out of five. 
Because oh, that, that was the, the year. Hall of Fame game. That was the the Sean Squeezem to Garrett yeah, Hartley yeah. to throw up in my mouth trade for Mister. I single handedly lost the game to the Ravens, Ugh. and yes, so that was it. So it's so so it's been since. 2000 up before that 2014 2015 i'm pretty sure even 2013 he was he played in three games and i didn't go back further than that so it used to be that ben did play a lot but then just for in 2016 after the whole squeeze thing and and the and other um other things going on that's when they just started the only play in week three yeah so that's it that's that was the stat stuff I was going to ask you this week. I'm trying to think of the year. What was the year that the Steelers, I think they went up to Buffalo and boy, just laid a freaking egg up yeah. there. And fans well, were furious. The only player that made a play that day was Martavis Bryant, I believe, caught a touchdown. It was like a a catch and run. It wasn't like a deep bomb. And it was just, it was bad. That was in 2015. And that was week three because I had it written here. And the only reason I knew that was the Buffalo, unless you're thinking of a different Buffalo game, they played Buffalo with week three, 2015, because the score, because I, I broke down Ben Roethlisberger's um, stats and, and stuff and whatnot, what he had, what he had done in week three for a while for an article. And in 2015 was the, fi- the score at the end of the first quarter was 13 to 11 that the Steelers were losing. Because they had a they had a they had a field goal, a touchdown, a two point conversion, and the Bills had two touchdowns and a missed two point conversion and one and one kick. So it was that was just kind of an ugly, weird game. Not nearly no. The ugliest was in when was that? I can't remember. It was a week two game. I think that might have been 2016 when they played the Eagles at Heinz Field. Oh, yeah. And lost 17 to nothing. I mean, you got shut out in a preseason game at home. Ouch. Yeah. Uh, Here's a question for you. You brought up two-point conversions. It's totally off the cuff. What's your take? Mike Tomlin used to be a Mr. Aggressive and going four for two. Where's your stance on that? you wish they would go for two more often to kind of put the pressure on the opposition? Or are you more like me that says if you miss... You're chasing numbers now, and that's not a good thing. <laughs> I I don't mind if you score first or if the other team only has a field goal and you score the first touchdown and, and you're early, meaning first quarter or early second quarter. I don't mind. I don't mind trying to put that pressure on. I Honestly, when I like it the most is when they get the opening kickoff or if they held the other team on their opening drive and there it's their opening drive and they march down the field and punch it on the end zone. You're like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go for two. And we're just going to show you that no matter what you do all game, you can't stop us. Because if you think about it, if since it's basically a 50% play statistically, whenever it's run, that if you, if you do two of them in a game, then you're okay. But sometimes when you don't get them is when you start getting behind. Wasn't that what happened in that? Dallas game, what how many, what was that, three years ago? Or what was it, when was it that the, Dallas? The game where they blew the lead and Zeke ran all over them? Yes. Quarter, yeah. That was yeah. one of those can't get a two-point conversion. Went for one early, didn't get it, was chasing the whole game, kept trying to get them and not getting them. And it, and it came back to bite them with the situation there. Because instead of 
um, needing to hold them to a field goal for a tie, a field goal was going to win. So you were kind. So then you had to sell out to try to put him out of field goal range, and he busted for a touchdown. So it's when it doesn't work, you've got to you've got to pay the consequences. I mean, I was there week one with Tampa Bay. I don't I don't get why Arians was. I mean, I understand the preseason he was going for it, but I was sitting there. Um, 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 talking to our contest winner during the second half, and we both agreed that it was it was ridiculous on the next to last one to go for two. They should have kicked the they should have kicked the extra point. So that way, if they scored a touchdown by holding the Steelers, they would be going for two for the win. And if they don't get it, it's a loss versus, oh, let's go for two for the tie. So they they just he just screwed that up. So I, I don't like it when they screw it up with the numbers because people think there's a really good chart to go by and they still don't go by it. It's a feel thing for me. And if the yeah. Steelers have good plays and good players, I mean, you can certainly do that. I I hate, like I said, yeah, I agree with your your thoughts on if the other team kicks a field goal or if you can, then you respond with a touchdown. Going for it makes sense because if you don't get it, you're still just a field goal ahead. Um, there's two sides to every coin in this discussion. So, all right, let's uh, let's go right into week three. I have a feeling that Brian Anthony Davis might be joining us sometime soon. Uh, but until then, uh, let's go ahead. Week three. Tennessee Titans, Pittsburgh Steelers, final dress rehearsal, and what everyone's going to be talking about is the new camera angle. <laughs> everyone's excited. If you didn't hear, this is just a quick sidebar. If you didn't hear, uh, NBC, because this is on Sunday Football, is going to debut a new camera angle. No, this is not the Thursday Night Football. Uh, what did they call that? Um, the camera angle behind Sky the zone. Scott Cam. Sky, Sky Cam. Cam. You and your no, zones with uh, yeah. Brian. It's touchdown. Yeah. Sky, it's the sky <laughs> touchdown zone. It's the sky zone right above the touchdown zone. Yeah. And so this this camera is going to be elevated. It's going to be supposedly on the sideline, which is where we're used to watching the football game from. But it's going to be elevated much more. So you're going to have more of an all twenty two type look to the field. It'll be interesting. I kind of like the fact that you're going to see your normal layout, meaning they're moving left to right, right to left on your screen. Um, I like that you'll get a little bit more depth in terms of where players are aligned, stuff like that. It'll be interesting to see. They're debuting it with for the Steelers game. Two years ago, they debuted Sky Cam with the Steelers against the Titans on Thursday Night Football, um, and that was the that was the infamous Dilly Dilly game where Roethlisberger checked into the Dilly Dilly, which turned into our T-shirt. That Dave wears on the show from time to time. I, I wore it last week, and it went over the same <laughs> But if anyone was at the game um, this this past Saturday and saw someone wearing, I have the gold dilly dilly with the black writing. My brother was there sporting the black dilly dilly with the gold writing. Getting nice. lots of comments on the shirt. I did he good? So, cool. Yeah. By the way, not as much as I get when I wear the helmet, he said, but <laughs> he, he still did pretty well. You know, he just walked by people and he just hear dilly dilly. If anyone, if anyone listening to this podcast or this this channel, this YouTube show is has a company that produces T-shirts that can do online sales and it doesn't have to hit a certain mark, I'm looking for someone to produce some T-shirts for our behind the steel curtain community. Uh, the company we used to use that made Dave's Dilly Dilly shirt has completely folded, and I have no one to turn to, and I have all these ideas for shirts like the Touchdown Zone. 
I want to produce a touchdown yes. shirt because there's a lot of people in our live chat that said they would buy a touchdown zone shirt. I know Brian Davis would buy a touchdown zone shirt. You and I would buy a touchdown zone shirt yes. just to wear to make Brian feel dumber than normal. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, he he would love it. He he would own that. Yeah, I mean, to send, to send, the, send me an the email. The touchdown zone shirt is going to, it's going to, it's almost a special case that if we had to take orders and then just go through one distributor, I know someone that I don't know that they deal with the online orders and all that other stuff that See, that's if we thing. ever I really had one, to just for that shirt, that one might almost be worth it. I want someone that has the setup where people can order online, use credit card. I don't see any I, I don't see the money transition that's between them and the company. And you can toss me a percentage of the sales as I'm going to put this on our website, which is a very large website. We'll talk about that in detail, but still, um, if you're someone that has that available, you know someone, send me an email. Let's get this thing going. That's what I'm talking about. Do it for Drake shirts would be pretty cool too, Darren. And if that were the case, I would find hashtag Do it for Drake. I would absolutely send that money somewhere else. You know, I'd find a, I'd have to look up uh, Daryl Drake's family, try to send an email, say is there a cause that you know we could donate the money to? We'll get to that. Um, so if you're if you're someone that owns a company or something like that, make sure that you obviously send me an email. Okay, week three outside the camera angle and all those <laughs> stories. Uh, name one starter that we haven't seen so far, at least not that much. That's not named Ben Roethlisberger that you're excited to see. Uh, I'd like to see a little bit more Juju get involved. Okay. I mean, he was out there on the field. Uh, he had, well, I think, one catch. Was it three targets? Maybe four. Did he, did he have a reception? I think he did. I thought I saw him in the stat line. That was the that was the thing. Um, but maybe he didn't. Maybe I'm confused. But he I mean, I targeted. I, he was targeted yes. at least twice. Yes, I know. I know two times he was targeted that it was not that was not complete. So I would like to. I would like to see Juju, and of course, I'd like to see Dante Moncrief. Oh, you back. just took my Dave. Gosh, I said one player, not two, <laughs> one. I said one player. Now I want to see Moncrief. Then, then answer first before you ask, because <laughs> I could come up with six. It doesn't okay, matter. Okay, so we'll go back to you. I want to see Moncrief. You could not have a worse debut in a new with a new team than catching one pass for one yard and putting that ball on the turf right after a turnover, giving the ball back to Kansas City, and then you don't see the field. You don't. This is everything that Steeler fans hate. It brings up really bad memories. It brings back memories of Juju's fumble in New Orleans last year. It brings up memories of Stephen Ridley fumbling the ball several times. They don't want to see that. So I want to see, I definitely want to see Moncrief redeem himself. And everyone talks about his, his, I almost said Juju, his good connection, his good vibes with uh, Ben Roethlisberger. I want to see that on display. Who's another player you're looking to see? Well, it's funny because there are certain players that we haven't seen yet that you would think you'd want to see that, honestly, I don't need to see. Don't need to see Pouncey. Don't need to see DeCastro. No. It's not It's not that they want – I don't want them to play. I'm just saying I don't think they're going to do anything that I don't know that they're not going to be able to do. Right. Same with Joe Hayden. That's kind of the same way I feel about Joe Hayden. I know what Joe Hayden is. Uh, I, he's not as enough an unknown, not unknown. I would rather see more Steven Nelson. Yeah, you know, because uh, he didn't play a ton last game, but he did. He did well. I would like to see that, and I would like to see more Mark Barron. I, I I don't think Devin Devin Bush counts with this because he did play an entire half in Week One, but it's going to be nice to see him. I'd like to see him get back out on the field. 
You know, those those rookies yeah. that did not play last week, like Bush, like Gentry. I want to see Bud Dupree, see if he can flash again. You know, there were definitely signs of potential. We'll put it that way. And Bud Dupree's always had potential because he's an athletic freak. Uh, we knew that when he came out of Kentucky. But for me, I want to see him prove to the fan base that he can be that distraction opposite TJ Watt that can give them both some one-on-one matchups. That's when, if you think about the greatest three, four outside linebackers in Steeler history, they worked together in tandem. And it was, you can't send protection both ways. You just can't do it. If you are, you're in a max protect situation, which becomes, that's easy for the defense. You know, you, you basically don't have to cover as many players in coverage. But for me, I want to see Dupree, Kenny Flash, can he show more than just getting walked, you know, pushed up the arc and, and out of the play as we normally have seen? I want to see Bud Dupree. Is there anyone else you're looking forward to seeing this uh, Saturday, Sunday night? Well, basically all the receivers, basically, I'm not allowed to say Big Ben, but any of the receivers with Big Ben, we're getting this a lot in the live chat as we're saying, how is Ben going to play? Uh, with James Washington. Okay, well, let's bring Ben. With... Or let's bend, Let's bring. No, 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 no. No, it's fine. No, it's fine. No. Okay. Okay. But no, we don't have to be Brent. Been big. Bring Ben in. But But to see how those receivers, I'm because you know before Ben would just throw it to Mister Third and Fifth a lot. Now I have a feeling that you're going to see Ben throw it to Juju a lot. I want to see where he's throwing the ball. So yes, it has a lot to do with Ben, but you got to see if he's going to get limited work the preseason, you've got to see what those receivers do, how they run their routes. Are they getting the read from him? And are they catching the ball when he gets it to him? Because that's going to show you who he's going to look for come week one. Yes. And you got to know that when Roethlisberger's in it, that ball's coming in different. You know, it's different than Dobbs. It's different than Rudolph. It's different than Hodges. It's coming in hot. It's got a special, you know, every quarterback, any, any player that in any sport that throws a ball, um, whether it's lacrosse, baseball, whatever, has its unique spin to it. It's a different angle of the the way the ball's thrown. And so it's going to be interesting to see how these receivers handle that. I want to see Deontay Johnson. We didn't get to see much of him last week. We saw him. He scored technically um, two touchdowns. Only one counted. <laughs> and, and honestly, I went back and really broke down that interception. That was a brilliantly schemed play when Dobbs just threw the ball, in essence, five yards behind Johnson. I mean, everyone was running the opposite direction, further in the end zone. Grimble had ran, ran, ran a great, can't say pick, rub route to, the, to knock off the, the strong safety that was following Johnson across the field. And he had the step on him. All Bob's had to do was get it out there to him. And that's a touchdown. He could have had three. He could have had three. Yeah. And so I, I watched the, the game back and especially him. I, I like to watch, especially in the preseason, specific players. You know, you go back and I want to watch him coming out of well, that guy can run some routes. And there's a reason why he was compared to Antonio Brown, Mr. Third and Fifth, as we call him on this show, uh, because he is so crisp in and out of his cuts. For a rookie, yeah. he's only going to get better. But for a rookie, boy, it's really good to see. Question, Jeff. If you could, I want to know if you remember the specific play I'm talking about. It might have been his first reception this past week for Deontay Johnson. Where the they, inside it, screen? 
Yes. Where he basically caught that. It's funny because that's not your typical screen because it's, I mean, it's really fast, but the ball is actually goes a little bit further downfield than, than, than the typical, than like a bubble screen would be. And the way he just caught that on the run and, and cut and moved, didn't that kind of remind you of a certain player that used to catch balls? Yeah. And you know, they've run a bunch of, I, I have often felt that Juju was when he was a rookie, they started putting in a lot of these inside screens for him because he's such a big body player. Um, they ran a lot of those, you know, Juju goes in motion, Roethlisberger gets the ball, and he just pitches it forward. He goes underneath, and it's mm-hmm. just, it's really, it's it's a screenplay. It's just a very unique one. And they would run that little rub route that they did to Deontay Johnson as well. But yeah, he looked yeah. with the ball in his hands, Deontay Johnson, who was picked with one of those picks that they got from Oakland for Mr. Third. And he, fifth. he was Mr. Third. He, he was Mr. Third. <laughs> he looked a lot like Mr. Third and Fifth. And so it's going to be interesting to see. I want to see more of him. I want to see Devin Bush do it again. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to see him go out there against the Titans. And I want to see him all over the field. And I want to see him making tackles. I want to see. I don't care if he makes a mistake. He's going to make mistakes. He's not perfect. That's what I, I, I I'm already getting that feeling from the fan base that they expect perfection. Well, this kid is still a rookie. And he's going to be very good, in my opinion. But you cannot expect perfection from this guy. So I want to see him go out there. I want to see him flying around. If he makes a mistake, he makes a mistake. You know, he'll learn from it. Um, I'd rather in the preseason than the regular season. So for me, I'm looking to see Devin Bush. Anyone else? Um, I wanted to comment on the one thing about that that play we talked about with Deontay Johnson. It just yeah. seemed a lot like that that touchdown that sealed the game against Cincinnati in Week Six last year. You know, uh, that was the you remember? 20, 20 is straight up the middle. They ran a zero protection. They they set an all blitz. Mm-hmm. That you're talking about? Yeah. Well, well, and it was base. It was actually I'm pretty sure it was Justin Hunter that ran that that that, that ran the the rub there in order for him yep. to get up there. It ran, reminded me a lot of that play, but there was nobody in the middle to stop him. Right. Um, with that one. So it, it just seemed, it just seemed uh, pr- pretty good with all that. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm a little bit distracted from um, someone trying to oh, take over boy, the show. Ladies and gentlemen, fashionably late as always, we welcome in Mr. Brian Anthony Davis. Oh, no, not anymore. <laughs> as soon as we had him, he disappears. <laughs> <laughs> There's that poor, there's that poor connection right there. He, he, he was up. there for a second, just a hey. It was a fraction of a second. I mean, if you'd have clicked a half a second later, you'd have been clicking air. I gotta put this. I gotta put this on the screen. Hold on. With, no, that's it. No, that's what I want. Yeah, getting getting bet with Mo. There you go. Brian Anthony Davis, bad internet. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. I'm sure he'll be uh, back. Maybe he'll be back. I don't know. Uh, Swifty uh, Pool with the wah, wah. <laughs> the old sad trombone from The Price is Right. Love it. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's talk game predictions since, um, you know, I guess Brian, oh, maybe he's oh, back now. We'll see. Start, he's trying Hold He's on. trying to come back. He's trying, folks. He's he's battling. He's battling. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you see what Darren said? Come on. Bring yeah, it up, Jeff. Oh, my gosh. Do you he's want me here. to bring it up? I got it. Oh, there we go. The show longer than 
<laughs> I'm sorry. I haven't, I haven't laughed so hard since he said touchdown zone on the show. <laughs> he probably can't hear us. <laughs> oh, wow. There he is. <laughs> oh, sorry. There he is. Welcome to the show, Brian. Yep. How's it going? <laughs> Frozen. I don't know if you can see me, but I think I'm here. Yeah, a long night. Can, I'm, I'm so glad to see. Yes. Uh, you know, I've listened yeah. to the show on the way in, coming back from Baltimore, and I got to tell you, yes, Tom, you are. I know. I need Google Wi-Fi. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm just trying I to block your again, face. I'm just, I'm just trying to block your face. <laughs> I've been trying to upgrade. I swear I have. Ugh. You know, I came in. I didn't even say hello to my family. I just grabbed my headphones and tried to get on. But I'm here. And by the way, I heard everything you have been saying about me, Hartman. I've heard it. <laughs> Schofield's my buddy. He takes care of me. Hartman's ripping on me. Anyways, uh, yeah. <laughs> he brings it back. Besides the fact, I. What? Oh, sorry. Okay. I'm I'm just glad I was going through some some uh, BAD withdrawal. So I'm glad you're back here, Brian. Um, Jeff, do you think we should just give him a a couple minutes to comment on everything he's heard, or um, just ignore him and keep moving on? Well, go well, ahead. We're right, we're, 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 hold on. No, you stop for a second. You, you come in late. You don't get to run things, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to move my picture up to the top of the screen here. So um, <laughs> before we get to before we get to the uh, prediction aspect, I'm going to give you an opportunity to – you can chime in on anything we talked about, but more – let's focus on week three, any games that you're – or players you're looking forward to seeing and why. You know what? Look, I want to see uh, Ben Roethlisberger just knock off the rust. Um, he needs to be in there. We've talked about this last week. We talked about this on the hangover. Um, one half is not enough for your franchise quarterback. That's just my opinion. Um, the guy I want to see, the guy that I'm really... What's Dave smiling at me for? <laughs> it's a live chat. It's a live chat. And if you weren't talking, Jeff would bring it up and block your face because this stuff is pretty good. So... <laughs> I'm I'm even on like I'm hardwired. Look, I've got a little I've got like the straight Ethernet cable because that's what you people told me to do. Oh gosh, <laughs> I am trying, guys. I'm trying. All right, we'll just we'll just do this. Can we block me out? But um, the the bottom line to it is, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't even know who I want to see. I want to see Tuzar Skipper again. That guy, I love that guy. And I've told you about Tuzar Skipper. I want to see more <laughs> Benny Snow Jr. Um, I, I want to see a new internet connection myself. I want to see Touchdown Zone t-shirts. I want to see it all. <laughs> Yes, but no. This, seriously, this <laughs> this is the closest you're going to get to a regular season game now. Um, yeah. I don't want them to make the mistakes that they did in the past going into a game in Cleveland where they really should have dominated them, and uh, they, they just look poor. They've looked poor the past few um, week ones, and you're going up against New England in week one. That's not a shake the rust off game. That's Jeff said that a few weeks ago, and I uh, I steal his line. Okay, real quick, for all of you, and in the live chat, we'll start with Brian. When you think of the Tennessee Titans, you think of blank. 
Yeah, Steve McNair, actually. That's okay. the first thing that comes to, comes to my mind. What about you, Dave? The Houston Oilers in disguise. I think of Jeff Fisher. <laughs> and I think uh, of, yeah. what was it? Yeah. Who's the, who was the kicker? That fake the the when Dwayne oh. Washington was trying to was it Nedney? No. Yeah, Joe was Nedney. It, it was Joe was Nedney. Nedney. Yes. I think about that. Uh that really irked me for a long time. Um, I think about as Snowman said when Casey Hampton knocked out Eddie George and caused the fumble. <laughs> that was a big play. Um and since those days of George and McNair, the Steelers have kind of owned the Titans, haven't they? Or Troy Palomalo's one handed interception. Don't forget that was against Tennessee. He also jumped over the line of scrimmage yeah. and tackled, um, oh, crud. He was this Penn State quarterback, Collins, Kerry Collins, right? Yeah, 2013 opener. Yeah. Um, I also think of, of, I'm pretty sure it was the same opener, that the Steelers scored the first two points of the season. Yes. Uh, because he, of the... He backed up into the end zone. Yeah, he backed up into the end zone. It took that eight. was when they lost. Didn't they lose Pouncey that game? Yes, he played eight plays, got him down there on a nice drive, lost Bouncy to Castro. Again, 2013, yeah. Rookie David DeCastro yeah. blocked his own guy. Yeah. Oh, and he, and as soon as DeCastro got, I mean, he got up. You could just see the whole, I can't believe this. Oh, yes, I so, forgot about this. Vince yeah. Young getting power bombed by James Harrison <laughs> down in Tennessee. <laughs> that was so classic. Oh, Brian, you're looking befuddled. You don't remember I that? I don't remember. No. What? That was the game that they just hurt. They killed him. I mean, they J- murdered him. James Harrison. Vince, oh, him. okay. All right. Power bombed him. That's right. I, I thought Vince Williams. Like, why is James Harrison power bombing Vince Williams? And so, I mean, Vince I'm still young. Yeah. So Vince Young. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. I've heard of him. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, and there's this. They have a history, man. Lendell White stomping on the terrible towel, blowing his nose with it. Everyone. They didn't that. lose. They didn't lose after that. No, no, they didn't. Okay, so I've always liked to think about this when I have an upcoming game. I think about what do I think of? I think about the team. So, what about your prediction for this game? This is week three. I want to do a thing first. What's your first half prediction? And then what's your final score? Because I want to say, I think that some starters for the Steelers, not Ben Roethlisberger, are going to play the whole first half. That's uh, Mike Tomlin's MO for week three. So I think you'll probably see maybe even Juju Smith-Schuster playing into the second quarter. You'll see some offensive linemen, especially guys like Matt Filer playing into the second quarter. Um, And to be honest with you, if the offense comes out really flat, I wouldn't be shocked if you see Ben Roethlisberger play a full quarter. So how do you think they'll look in the first half? And then also, how do you think they'll look? What's the the end game here in terms of predictions? Dave, we'll start with you. Well, I did um, an article on what to expect from Ben Roethlisberger based on the last three seasons when he's only played in the third preseason game. And and I did that, use those numbers and what to expect from him. I don't think it's as much as time, and I don't think it's as much as drives as it is plays. I would really like to only see Ben for two drives because they were good, long, successful drives. The only way I wanted to be short drives is not because they ended in punt or turnover. It's because they ended in such a quick score. Then you might see him for an extra extra drive. I don't see him playing more than three drives at the most. He played three last year and two in each of the seasons, um, two seasons before. So I would really like to see in the first half, 
I would like to see some people throwing up there. I would like to see 17 points in the first half. I would like to see two scores in the first quarter. Um, and then if it's just one score in the second quarter, I'm still okay with that because I don't want a big drop off. So 17 in the first half would then put you on pace to go over 30 for the game. Um, I'd So let's go seven. I'd like to see 17 in the first half, 30 for the game. Um, do I have to say if I think they're going to win or not, or are we going to do that later? You can say it now. Okay, let's let's go with the final score of uh, thirty to twenty-four Pittsburgh. All right. What about you, Brian? Well, let's go with fourteen to ten, and at halftime. Um, look, we're going to just call this entire season redemption, redemption for Ben. I mean, this guy really is hungry to go ahead and prove that. Uh, look, this is my team. And I don't need you two clowns. I don't need Mr. Third. I don't need Mr. Fifth. I don't need Mr. 30 million, 35 million. Um, doesn't need these guys. What he needs is to be in there and lead this team. And he needs, you know, guys that he could play with, guys that could play with him, guys that the t- that it's about the team and that not the me in team. Because you could spell team with me, but that's a pretty crappy team. Um, and that's the bottom line to it. So um, I really look for Ben to come out swinging. Um, Dave, your you know three three uh, drives would be uh, would be great. I mean, especially if he goes for two scores on two of those three drives. That's what you need to see, just enough to get you uh, get you with the least amount of rust and uh, against New England. That's what he is prepping for because you're not going to see anybody of worth against Carolina. So for the whole game, you know what? I don't know if they're going to win this game because remember it's preseason. You don't really typically go for an O in a preseason. Um, you know, so I really don't care if they win this game. I, I mean, I want them to win the game, but the bottom line is no injuries, which we talk about all the time. I know that's, that's easy to say, but I just want to see guys elevating themselves on the depth chart and making that uh, Saturday. Um, at 4 p.m., really freaking difficult for the guys in charge. And that's the bottom line. You want to see Tuzar Skipper doing everything he can make to make this team and everybody else. So that's the toughest decision. And these guys will have a chance to go elsewhere, but you want to make the strongest 53 you possibly can. That's what week three is all about. I'm going to go with uh, the Steelers will be up 13-3 to at the end of the first quarter. Roethlisberger's night will be over. I think that they come short. Uh, typically in the preseason, you see that like, a couple drives fail in the red zone. Um, I think they get a defensive turnover in the first quarter, first half at least. I'm going to go with the Steelers winning this one by the final score of, it's here at 13-27, just shy of 30, Dave's mark of 30, 27 to... 27-20. There you go. 27-20. I think they win. Um, I like Brian. I really don't care if they win or lose. Um, I just want to see them play good football, clean football, minimize penalties, don't turn it over, create turnovers, win that battle, and uh put up some points. Let's see some let's see some fireworks. So um there you go. We see a couple predictions coming up here. Uh 21 in the first half. Boy, that would be amazing. Uh Jeff. what's up? Can I click on something real quick? Yeah, go for it. Challenge, <laughs> challenge accepted. Oh. They get 17 points in the first quarter, Bo. You've got to come from California. 
and I have to pick the game, but we'll see if we can make it happen. Well, well, well. Now that gauntlet has been thrown. We should down. probably read this for the people that are listening to this. Yeah, it podcast. says getting bent with Bo says, I'm telling you, we will have 17 points in the first quarter. And when we do, Dave Schofield or Dave S is going to take me to a game with him. You better be praying. Nope. <laughs> we both clicked <laughs> yeah, on the same time. I got it, I got it. So it'll be it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. So uh all right. We'll see if that happens. We'll see if that happens. <laughs> Lance is the eternal Steelers hater. <laughs> zero zero at halftime. <laughs> I assume you meant That's halftime. Right. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, with him, I don't know. Okay. So uh here we go. Let's uh either war time, guys. Either war time. Are you ready for that? Steelers either yeah. or. Dave? Mine, mine, mine follows right with what we were talking about. Very good. Go ahead. So here we go. Would you rather the Steelers win the first quarter but lose the game or or lose or tie the first quarter but win the game now, this week? This week, I want to see the first quarter look sharp. I want them to look good. And if they lose the game, I could give two craps. There you go. That's my take. What about you, Brian? Yeah, that's ridiculous, Dave. Uh, you, yeah. you lose. You, you, you shouldn't even. I shouldn't be having to answer this. Of course, Jeff, you're right. First quarter. No, exactly. But I will be honest with you. So many people do get caught up in that. Oh, well, let's win these preseason games. Let's get that good record. I mean, they can't have a losing preseason right now. You know, Detroit record Lions. Lost. Detroit Lions, four and zero. Exactly. Yes. So okay. So yeah, so that's that was more of a question to put it in perspective for everyone. Really, really pay attention to that first quarter. Don't if the Steelers come out and they're not and they don't win the first quarter, and yet you're like, come on, come back and win the game, come back and win the game. We've already been told what we need to know that game that it's it's not going to be a positive thing that we're going to be talking about afterwards if they're if they get if if they get blown out seventeen to nothing in the wrong way, Bo. That was not what we want to see. So yes. you don't win for that one. Okay, uh, I'll I'll go next. I'll go next. You know, I'm thinking about the AFC North a lot recently because ESPN's been doling out their rankings and power rankings and gra- crap like that. And in the recent power rankings, they actually had the Cleveland Browns ahead of the Steelers, um, and that was something that's definitely piqued my interest. We'll say that as we approach the 2019 season. If you could sweep one team that you could like handpick from the division, like I want to beat this team two times, no matter what, I think we can throw Cincinnati out of this discussion. But now with Cleveland being everyone's big hot topic, they're the team to beat now. And then there's the the Ravens, which are the Ravens. Which two? Which one of those two teams, if you could choose, you would sweep? We'll start with Brian. I live in Maryland. It's always going to be the Ravens. Always, no matter what. Yeah, no. This year, it's it's still the Ravens. Because um, you know what they're doing—that passive aggressive. I don't know if uh, our quarterback's going to be any good. Blah 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 blah. And they're going to be fine, and they're going to be dangerous. And they they do that crap all the time, and I hate it. I hate purple. Um, so, anyways, uh, bottom line to it, Ravens this year. What about you, Dave? Oh jeez, amateur! I had to—I uh, dropped my my muter, <laughs> and I had like, where'd it go? Where'd it go? Yeah, I didn't want to start talking without it. Uh, yeah, it's the Ravens. It because of, but if I lived 
northeast of Pittsburgh, it might be the Browns now, but I don't. I live in Maryland. It's the Ravens. I live in Maryland, and I'm going to say it's the Browns. Because if you split with the Ravens, although it would be great to sweep them, it's kind of, when everyone looks at the schedule, most Steeler fans, if they're honest, they say, they're probably going to split with Baltimore. It's just the way it normally is. One team's going to win one, the other one's going to win the other. It used to be that um, you know both teams would kind of hold serve at home. Like this Cleveland team and this these Cleveland fans are annoying. I don't I can't stand Baker Mayfield. Um I, I don't like I've never been an OBJ fan. Um all this stuff that's going on up there in uh, in in Cleveland is just driving me nuts. I want someone to shut them up and I want it to be the Pittsburgh Steelers that just lay the boom on them two times. I don't want them to have uh, Miles Garrett and all his stupid comments about Ben Roethlisberger. Um and to answer the question that was on uh, this here, who was it? I'm trying to find it again. Someone just asked a question. Uh, Brighton asked, "Do yes, we all live in Maryland. We are all in the same town, actually. <laughs> sort of, kind of, yeah, all in the same town. Um, it's BTSE headquarters. So um, I'm going to say Cleveland, though. And that's not just to be different. I want someone to shut these Browns up. I don't want them to be good. I want them to suck. And I want the Steelers to be the ones to do it. That's my take on it. So, all right, Brian, proceed. All right. Would you rather the Steelers go for two-point conversions in the first half or the second half? Okay, no, no, I'm just kidding because I listened to the show earlier. I'm just being a jerk. Um, anyways, so look, everyone thinks Boswell is back possibly. But if you had the opportunity to take any Steeler kicker from history and have him compete this year, not at this age, but in this guy's prime, against Boswell, or just say straight up take Boswell, who would you take, or would you stay with Boswell? Hmm. Um, Go ahead, Dave. Do you know who you're taking? I'd have to go Gary Anderson. That's what I was thinking, but I'll give someone different. I'll go with Jeff Reed, because Jeff Reed in his prime <laughs> was pretty money. He was pretty money. He was one of the first kickers to kick a 50-plus yarder at Heinz Field, and that was back when it was a tough place to kick before they enclosed that other end. Um, I've always liked Jeff Reed. I thought he was really consistent um, before he took his anger out on a sheet <laughs> paper towel dispenser. What about you, Brian? You know what? I'm going with somebody completely different on Reed Overend. You're my man because one of the greatest Steeler kickers in history wasn't there long, but Norm Johnson loved that guy. I would take him any day of the week and twice on Sundays over any of those two. No Jarella from you. That's who I thought he would go with for sure. Yeah. What's that? I, th I thought you were going Jarella. <laughs> I am a gorilla. Jarella's gorilla. Um, but, uh, it would not be Merry Christmas. No, <laughs> no Chris, uh, Brown, but, uh, no, oh. I love, I love Norm Johnson. Plus you got to love that. The perfectly executed onside kick as well in the Super Bowl. One of the great Steeler memories from a, a rough game at the end. Okay. A little bonus either or here for you guys. You know, there's been a lot of news about Mr. Third and Fifth, and even uh, Butt Naked and Robbed has chimed in on Mr. Third and Fifth and his helmet issues out there. If you had to pick a player uh, between the two of them that you just hope, not not injury, we're not talking injury, but you just hope their 2019 is just awful. Just awful. You hope it's just the worst situation ever outside of getting hurt. Which one is it, Mr. Third and Fifth or Butt Naked and Robbed? Dave, we'll start with you. 
Oh, I was going to go with Tom Brady, but uh, <laughs> he can't. <it's> not enough. <laughs> um, honestly, I'm going to shock you guys, and I'm going to go with Mister Butt Naked and Robbed. Really? Because, yeah, because he, because. <laughs> Dave just said butt Brian, naked and robbed. Brian can't believe that I just said that. That's my new fantasy laughing. football team name. <laughs> butt naked and robbed. You know, oh, that's a good idea. You know what? I, I'm afraid I'm going to go into the Survivor League and by tomorrow, and two thirds of the names are all going to be changed to Mr. Butt Naked and Rob. <laughs> so <laughs> put a number with it or your initial. Okay, so go ahead. Why, why Le'Veon Bell? Because. See, it, it's tricky because I don't want to do that bad that he that he drops around in his in the comp formula. Oh gosh, but Dave, just get. I know. No, the numbers no, no, Dave. No, honestly, it's it's be it, it would just it would go to show exactly what we've been saying for much longer than we've say, been saying with Mister Third and Fifth because this has been drug out for several years now. Even when he still played but didn't come to camp, is that you were good? What made you what you were? was the Pittsburgh Steelers and that offensive line and Ben Roethlisberger and that apart from them, you're not going to be the same. Now, I understand you could make the same argument with Mr. Third and Fifth, but the offensive line comes in more with Mr. Um, butt Naked and Roth. I guess I got it. <laughs> My wife's going to say, what were you talking about with this thing? What did I keep hearing? Oh, so... That honestly, because it kind of comes back to um, validation for the offensive line. Okay, what about you, Brian? All right, this is going to be a passionate and loud one. First of all, I am not, not mad at Le'Veon Bell. I have no problem with Mr. Butt Naked Robbed. I hope he has a great year. You know what? He's a running back. I know he screwed us over. That's fine. But you're seeing it with Melvin Gordon. You're going to see it with Zeke. Look, these guys don't get paid. They uh, he made us. He took a stand and he made it, even though he did it the wrong way. But he's a running back. They got to get their money now. Now. Mr. Third and Fifth, Mr. Big Chest, Mr. Uh, Mr. Foot. Look, I I do not like you anymore. I do not feel bad for you with the foot. I think you're an idiot for the helmet. And here's the bottom line: you took advantage of a situation. You badmouth the team. You uh, you try to make Roethlisberger, Tomlin, everybody around you, Juju look bad. You didn't. Care care who you stomped on on the way out you weren't even mad at anybody you just wanted that contract you got the contract the Raiders took advantage of the situation and they do not need to benefit this is one of the worst things anybody's ever done to an NFL team and uh, just because they wanted the money and they didn't think they were going to get it they because you had three years left you didn't honor your your contract you have no honor I hope you fail well then Tell us how yeah, you really no, feel, Brian. <laughs> what I was going to say was the whole reason I picked the player that I did was because I wanted to leave that rant for one Mr. <laughs> Brian Anthony Davis. I'm not predictable. So, Dave, you're telling me you actually won third and fifth to, to be – you chose butt naked and Rob because you wanted to hear that rant, or you actually do want butt naked and Rob to be worse? I want to – I don't I – don't, I don't, care about either one of them oh i really gosh, don't. Dave, I, you I, are totally ruining this exercise no but my what i'm gosh. saying is i you picked one like you wanted months. but you wanted me to pick one but 
<laughs> you wanted me to pick one, so I did, and I tried to take a different angle on it. Honestly, the easy answer is exactly what Brian answered. That's it, because, you know, you want to see him that, I mean, honestly, this goes beyond the Steelers now. You know, I want, you know, because of the whole thing with other teams, I everyone wants to see him fail. I, th- I think it's it's gotten so much bigger than that. So that's the easy answer. I just try to give a little bit different perspective just to get a voice out there because I knew Brian would not let me down and make sure what what needed to be said. <laughs> well, I definitely want to. You know, it's it's certainly one of the situations. I actually want to see them both fail. I know it's not an answer, and you guys did both did a great job explaining yours. And for me, it's just one of those situations where I know I, it's just. I, I always can't I can't stand players that say it's always going to be greener on the other side because as a Steeler fan, I, I root for the team. I don't really root for individual players. And so when you say I'll be fine out in Oakland with Derek Carr, well, good luck. And when you're not that successful, you'll look back and say, oh, man, I had it good there. And when Le'Veon Bell, like Dave said, is up there in New York behind an offensive line that's not even close to what he had in Pittsburgh, and he's getting tackled for loss repeatedly, and his little pitter-patter behind the, the line isn't working, I hope he looks back and says, man, I had it pretty good there. And they didn't. They chose to take money. They chose to force their way out. So screw them both. That's what I say. Okay, gentlemen. Thank you for your time, Brian. We're glad you could join us, even if it was for a short period of time. Anyone that was in the live chat that donated money, um, we really appreciate it. I, I actually think that this is a really good show. It was a little bit long. I hope you all enjoy it. It's it's worth a listen, especially if you got through Brian joining the show, because that's, that's comedic gold right there. So remember, if you don't follow us on YouTube, go to YouTube.com, search BTSE Steelers Radio, subscribe. Everyone always says we want to be a part of the live show. If you subscribe, turn your notifications. Every time we go live, you will get a a notification. You won't miss a show. Also, go to anywhere you find your podcast, search Behind the Steel Curtain, subscribe. But please, if you listen on iTunes, I would love for you to give us a five-star review if you truly believe in the content and give us a comment. Uh, We're getting some newer ones, but it helps with our... Um, you know, exposure on that platform. So go to iTunes. Don't be lazy. Give us a five star and definitely give us a good comment. We appreciate it. Behind the steel curtain.com, all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. Yes, Dave. Jeff, are we next week? There's a game going on right now. Are we going to be on Wednesday next week? I'll figure it out. We'll let you know. Okay, guys. Hey, you've got to subscribe. <laughs> you've got to subscribe because we're not going to be the same night and time next week. So That's you right. need to subscribe so that way All you right. know. Very good. Remember, as Lance Williams always says, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. We'll see you next week for another episode of the Steelers Preview.